Greetings, my excellent friend. Bill, what? Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. into Wild Stallions, your weekly podcast, or actually bi-weekly now podcast, focused on the Salt Lake Stallions and the Alliance of American Football. I'm Jay Catch. He is Sean Walker. Sean, how are you, my friend? Well, first of all, Jake, I think that might be an inappropriate use of bi-weekly, but I'll allow it because this isn't a grammar podcast. Uh, second of all... How is it? What? How's that? Uh, I, I think bi-weekly refers to every two weeks. I'll look it up. But oh, it's all right. Okay. Like I said, I won't correct you. This isn't a grammar podcast. I didn't know what the correct terminology is. Um, I use bi-weekly all the time. <laughs> second, second of all, uh, strange things are afoot of the Circle K. They are very. So thanks for having me. And third of all, Jake, we, we're an Alliance of American Football podcast dedicated to a team that is currently one in three. Um, uh-huh. I like to think that we kind of hit on one for our first nine episodes, which, as I'm hearing, one for nine is freaking awful, and you can't win podcasts like that, so we really need to step up our game. We do. It's freaking awful. It is pretty bad. But, um, yeah, well, you said strange things are afoot at the Circle K, Sean. I'm pretty sure strange things are afoot in the Alliance each and every week. I can't make heads or, heads or tails what's going on in this league. And we'll talk about the other Isn't games. Isn't it fun, though? It's fun. It is it's fun. It's so much no, fun. That is fun. It is fun. I'll give you that. I will acknowledge the fact. It is fun. It's so fun. I just can't make any sense of it. So oh, it's great. I try to think, I think it's going one way one week, and it can goes opposite direction it's fun we'll, we'll talk about the league the league as a whole here in a moment i wanted to start off and let's as we talk about do. something that did maybe go the way at least that the betting favorites yeah absolutely predict, predicted and that would be the orlando salt lake matchup this past saturday evening a snowy game uh the snow that dennis erickson asked for a week earlier in his postgame comments after their first win over arizona the well the snow did show up and it did affect the game, I think, plain and simple. But Orlando comes to Salt Lake City, walks away with a 20-11 victory. means that Orlando is 4-0 on the season. I believe they're now the lone unbeaten team in the league. That is true. And you mentioned the, uh, you mentioned the snow game, Jake. So I think we are now obligated. Do you want to build a snow no, 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 no. Stop. No. I'm going to edit this part out. You know this, right? <laughs> Sean knows I can't stand that song because I actually see that movie more than any grown man should. You, you have children. Simply due to the fact that I have a daughter that's obsessed with Frozen. Ugh. But yeah. there were snowmen being built at Rice Cycle Stadium. That's nice my pole, only point. by the way. Nice pole. My yes. only yeah, point. There were snowmen being built. Uh, the crowd wasn't great again, Sean. I think we can freely acknowledge that. The weather did play a factor in that. Very much. As well as a number of other events locally. The Utah Jazz were in action. There mm-hmm. were a number of local college basketball teams playing. There was even a local rugby team. The pro rugby team here was also in action at home. Yeah, I think they got actually more snow at Zions Bank Stadium in Harriman than yeah. they did at Rice Cycles. It very and much Jake, you know, you know me. I've been critical of crowd size for the first two games yeah. by the Salt Lake Stallions, and I don't. I, I I just want to be clear. I'm not dissing in any way, shape, or form the crowds that have shown up. No. I think the the people that have been there have been awesome. The fans have been there have been awesome. They've been loud. They've been even much louder than their overall numbers, which yes. I think is incredibly impressive. Um, for Saturday's game, I don't even want to necessarily 
make too much of that crowd size because of the weather, because it was a really, really busy sports weekend on the Wasatch Front. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a top 25 college basketball team in town, well, kind yep. of in town, in Logan. Uh, we had another game going on down in Provo at almost the exact same time, which probably drew a lot of fans. You mentioned the Jazz game. You mentioned the rug- rugby game. Uh, it was state championship weekend for high school yes. basketball. So, you know, that obviously has a little bit of an, of an impact. I don't want to think too much about the crowd size this week. Um, but I will give a major shout out, major props. I'm saluting because that's major, major props <laughs> to uh, to the fans who did show up at Rice Cycles this week. Because yeah. that could not be fun. Not only was it cold, it was freezing, the sun was setting, it was going down, but it was snowing. Yes. Um, and I th- I saw a lot of people on the Salt Lake Stallions Reddit make fun of this, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna drop the line. Y'all weren't very happy about all the U markings, the big red U markings yeah. for the Stallions home opener. Mm-hmm. Well, Mother Nature stepped in and she took care of those. So <laughs> she congratulations. Did. She did cover them up, that's for sure. And but that, seriously, shout out to the fans who did show up. You, you guys were great. It, like, was a, it was a hearty crowd. Those people that showed up and weathered that storm le- legitimately, it was a storm that rolled through. And I'm I'm not here to criticize either, but I saw a bunch of people. I did my I did another crowd shot before the game, just pan from the press box, and I had a lot of people reacting to it. Here's the thing: it was snow, there was all kinds of things, but that crowd was engaged in the game, and it was fun. Orlando walks away with the win, and it leaves Salt Lake one and three after the first four mm-hmm. weeks of the season, Sean. But I have to say, Salt Lake had they played some other teams potentially here in the first four weeks. I think they're probably three and one, four and zero potentially. That's just my thought, and that's probably the Homer in me saying that. But they have played a very stout schedule. Looking back on it, to start their season, yeah, just a a very difficult schedule. What I one hundred percent agree, and and this is an Orlando team that they're undefeated in in the league for a reason. They came into the game averaging I think thirty seven points per game, Mm -hmm. Um, and I mentioned it on our preview podcast last week. This is an Apollo's offense run by run by one uh, Gary Gilbert and the old ball coach himself that we'll uh, listen to here in a couple of minutes. But I mean, they were just they were clicking, they were humming on all cylinders. uh, so well, I don't think it was very reasonable to ever expect Salt Lake to completely stop this offense because they were they're just that good, putting up points, putting up yards, really marching down the field pretty much at will through their first three games of the season. The best that Salt Lake could probably hope for was slowing down this offense, and whether a combination of Stallions defense or maybe the weather played a little bit into it, um, I think they did just that. I think they slowed them down. I mean, this was a team that you know they scored almost forty points per game. In every mm-hmm. game for the first three weeks of the season, the Stallions held them to twenty. Yeah, and I mean that's that's pretty good. Now they only scored eleven points on top of that. Yes. So maybe we can get into that a little bit as well. But I think the defense did its job for the most part. They really slowed down these Apollos. They only had six points at halftime. Again, probably part weather, part Stallions defense. Um, but I think we do need to we need do need to start out giving major props, saluting again, uh, major props to this Salt Lake Stallions defense, led by former BYU safety Micah Hanneman, Gianni Paul, former Utah linebacker, yep. um, shaking out Stewart himself, Graham Martini. Uh, I mean, there were just there were dudes all over the field just making plays, making tackles, really just digging deep, uh, playing some hard-nosed defense, and it, it definitely showed out there. So, yeah, Salt Lake's going to move to 1-3. and three. They're going to walk away with the loss. Um, but this Orlando team's really, really good, and I think the Stallions did a lot of really good things against them. It was a tell of two halves. I was sitting there watching that game, and the first half, yeah, I thought Salt Lake Stallions defense 
stood tall. They did a good job. The weather did play definitely a factor in this game for both sides. The second half, though, in critical situations, we're talking third downs and even just first and second downs, in critical spots, Orlando executed. This is an offense that you would think is not going to operate well in the snow. And yeah, they were held to 20 points. It wasn't their most efficient night. They're not their most high-scoring night. But in critical situations in the second half, Orlando took care of business. Salt Lake did not. Uh, Dennis Erickson acknowledged that after the game. He said in the first half, we were great on defense, he felt like. He said in the second half, we could not stop them. And I'm talking about – and stopping them is, is a relative term. I'm talking about in critical – down and distance scenarios, Orlando out executed Salt Lake in the second half, and they walked to the victory, plain and simple. Yeah, and and I mean, you got to tip your hat to a guy like Gilbert, who yeah. has, I mean, we'll get into this a little bit more when we talk around the league in our next segment. But I think based on a couple of uh, of some upsets, some shakeups here in the standings, Garrett Gilbert um, might be running away with uh, first half MVP awards in the Alliance of American Football. He's oh, been easily. really good. He's yeah. executed extremely well. He's leading um, what is now statistically, I believe, the best offense in the league. Yeah. Um, the only undefeated team in the league. So you do also have to tip your hat a little bit there. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, I think the defense got tired. They couldn't get off the field, certainly, for much of that second half. Um, that's part credit to Orlando, part credit, I think, to just the defense just getting tired. You and I both cover college football here on the Wasatch Front. We've seen some mm-hmm. very good defenses at Utah, at BYU, um, even at Utah State. A- and those those teams are so good. They've been so good defensively for several years. But it's really hard when you're going out there um, – down after down, series after series, and you're just spending 10 minutes, 15 minutes, sometimes 18 minutes straight on the field. It's hard to put in that consistent effort. You know, I, I'm not saying they're taking plays off, but they're going to get a little bit tired for a play here and there. And that's when defenses are really vulnerable. So and the yeah. offense also has to do its part to make sure the defense exactly. can get off the field, to, to, to get adequate rest, and, and to be able to, to create that kind of energetic disruption that I don't think you saw as well um, against the Apollos. I mean, I, th- I think the Stallions had... They had one sack, I remember. Yeah, it was one sack. Tenny Palapoy th- and Silver Salinga shared. It was a half sack yeah. each for both yeah. of them. Yeah, I mean... This is this is a Stallions defense that probably needs more disruption on that. They need guys like Carter Schultz making more plays. Well, Carter Schultz had a bad ankle. It's according to Dennis Erickson after the game. He tried That's to fair. play through it. And, and it shouldn't always be on... on I mean, yeah. he's just the guy that I yeah, threw but, out there because he's been but, so good. But, but as, it shouldn't always be on his shoulders. Yeah, but, but as um, Erickson said after the game, he said, when we're only able to bring five guys, you got to have difference makers who come off the edge. You only have five guys to, mm-hmm. to bring on that quote-unquote blitz you have to be able to get to the quarterback and one other thing I wanted to mention here Sean about Salt Lake is the offense it got bogged down too many times it'd get inside the red zone inside the 30-yard line and then all of a sudden that drive would fizzle out they've got to work on finishing drives and that hasn't necessarily been an issue for them through the first three weeks that I really noticed but it was very glaringly apparent in this game against Orlando that they failed to execute once they got into those um red zone scenarios where you're like, hey, we got to get points here, they seem to, to fizzle out. And that's that's a problem, especially because it's a team like Orlando, because you know you're they're going to score on you. You're just trying to limit the amount of points that they score in a game, because you know they're going to score. You've got to be able to score equal amounts. And they it felt like, and you look, you can look at the drive charts, they got bogged down when they got inside the 30, 20-yard line scenarios. Yeah, Josh Woodrum, 16 of 22 for 161 yards. Um, but a, a long pass of a long completed pass, I should say, of, of 38. 
I mean, this is a guy who can spin it. He can air it out. Again, the weather probably played plenty of factors um, into that, but he... You know, you'd maybe like to see a little bit more oomph, a little bit more stretching the field straight up um, out of him for sure. You've got two running backs, Brandon Oliver, Joel Bonyo, averaging 4.2 and 3.8 yards per carry, yeah. respectively, um, which is okay. But you maybe want a little bit more out of your run. You maybe want a little bit more um, like uh, like what Buanyo had on his touchdown run. Yeah, that a little, was that, pretty. That shiftiness, yes. that kind of elusiveness, broke a couple tackles in there. Uh-huh. Um, that that type of playmaking just wasn't as consistent for the Stallions. If they could have gotten a little bit more of that, all of a sudden this is probably a different team offensively. It's true. Um, there was there was a little bit more. Oliver in particular, and I'm not saying anything that he doesn't know, but Oliver in particular was kind of a just point of impact, and then immediately down, you know, maybe try some try some spin move, some spin moves more, some you know a little bit more tackle breaking, off tackle runs. Again, that run by Buanyo on the touchdown, I think, was a perfect example. And again, weather probably played into full full uh, full factor of this. I don't want to use that as an excuse too much. Um, but it is but I'm sure there was noted, plenty yeah. of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. overall, I give the defense a solid B, B plus. Okay. Um, offensively, still plenty to be, plenty to be uh, expected. Yeah, I'd desired. probably the offense. If you wanted to letter grade, I'd put them in like the C plus range. It, they they did C plus, things. C minus. Yeah, they they but they definitely could have been much better. So. We'll see what happens. They're headed they to They need to face- look more like Orlando. Yeah, that's true. I'm just kidding, guys. No, I'm that, sorry. That I'm would sorry. be actually nice, actually. I'd be okay with that. Uh, no, but they're they're very much in Really the- good team, though. I yes. mean, props to Orlando. Really good yeah. team. And Salt Lake's not a bad team. They're the best 1-3 and three team in this league. I don't have a problem saying that. Like, they're going to head to San Diego this weekend uh, for a Western Division showdown against the Fleet. It's the first all-time meeting between these two teams. And we'll do a preview episode later this week, but... I really like Salt Lake's chances against San Diego. That's just kind of my initial thought on that. We'll and we'll break that more down more in depth as we go along. But um, sixteen point three points per game, though, got to come up. That's got to come up. Absolutely. Gotta come up. All right, Sean. Well, let's uh, hear more about the win. Uh, of course, the old ball coach, just a legendary quote. Steve Spurrier, the head coach of the Orlando Apollos, he spoke to the media after the game. Had some great stuff to say about the game, but also had some great stuff to say about his one. A fit, he's only said he's only been to Utah this one time to coach in a game. It's his first extended stay here in Salt Lake City. So here he is, the old ball coach Steve Spurrier after the game. Ah, uh, yeah, I told us uh, our guys before the game if us Florida boys could come up here and win one in the snow, we'd have something to talk about. So it was it was a fun one, and uh, it was a good game. Uh, gosh, uh, the Stallions played pretty well. They outplayed us a good portion. But we kept them out of the end zone. And then we were able to get a couple touchdowns, uh, third and fourth quarter, to uh, put us ahead pretty good there. But, uh, and then we were able to. But, anyways, good win. Proud of the entire team and uh, happy to get out of here with, with a win. Like that with a lead on the, on the ground. Mm-hmm. What does that say about this rushing attack? You had three guys that really carried the load. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dave Reeves alternates those guys in there. Uh, sometimes I don't even know who's in there, but uh, yeah, we try to mix it up, runs and passes. And of course, Garrett and Charles Johnson. Uh, I think every time we attempted a pass to him, we hit it. So I'm over there telling myself, why don't you just do that every time? And but anyway, uh, 
Yeah, Charles is a he's a big time receiver, and Garrett didn't make some really nice throws uh, the entire second half and most of the game also. So uh, yeah, it was good to consume some clock there and almost run it out. But uh, our defense, uh, we played tough in the red zone, just gave up one touchdown. So it was a, a good night for our defense, uh, certainly. What's the preparation like for a game of this temperature compared to a 76 degree? They tried to, they tried to ask us about home. We don't even talk about it. We, we tried our best not to talk about it. Okay, Utah. Yeah, we, I tell you what, we enjoyed flying in. Beautiful up here. I've, I've flown into the airport. But it's the first time I've ever spent a little time in Utah. Uh, but this is beautiful country. I can say that. And glad to get out of here with a win because chances are I may never coach here again. So, but who knows? We may be here next year. Heck, who knows? We're, we're just worried about this year right now. Okay. All right. All right. See y'all. There you go, Steve Spurrier. He is just a quote machine, Sean. He is great. I And he did say at the end there, he's like, I'm not sure how much longer I'll ever make it back here to Salt Lake to coach a game. He said, who knows what happens with the schedule next year. But he is definitely slowing down. He's in his 70s now, Sean, and you can tell the years of playing football, coaching at a high level, all the different things he's done in his life. He doesn't move like he used to, plain and simple, but he is still a quote machine. Yeah, he looked a little miserable out there in that snow and in that cold in his the first ever trip Florida to Salt Lake what? City. <laughs> well, and, uh, and, and South Carolina and basically yeah. all around the SEC uh-huh. before that. So, yeah, I mean, I don't blame him one bit. Um, yeah, is the old ball coach slowing down? Quite frankly, I'm a little surprised that he's still coaching. This guy should be riding off into the sunset, golfing barefoot every week, um, you know, going fishing in Coeur d'Alene with his good buddy Denny. Yep. Um, they that golf sort together, of thing. So, too. Yeah, so I mean, I'm I'm just excited to see him in this league, trying to trying to to kind of raise up the level in this first year yeah, Alliance of American Football. If nothing else, the Alliance is giving us some great coaches. to just enjoy and appreciate for at least one more year. And how much longer will it last? I mean, like the rest of the league, we don't really know. But (laughs) enjoy this one because the old ball coach is here. Steve Spurrier is back. Uh, He's got a really good team in Orlando. Um, And uh, good luck the rest of the way to those guys. I think we can say that as a Stallions podcast because Salt Lake doesn't play them again. No, absolutely. I I very much enjoyed watching the Apollos play. I have watched them quite a bit this year. It's been awesome to see. All right, Sean, let's take a time out here. We'll come back. Three other games in the Alliance to recap. And like I said at the top of the podcast, every time I try and make sense of what this league is all about and which way they're going, I just get crossed up. So we'll talk about that next right here on Wild Stallions. Welcome back. This is Wild Stallions, your podcast focused on the Salt Lake Stallions and the Alliance of American Football. I'm Jake, he's Sean, and as Sean said right off the top, strange things are afoot at the Circle K. Well, I think we can frankly say strange things are afoot every week in the Alliance. Because when you have Atlanta get off the mat and beat Western favorite um, Arizona 14-11, to I'm not sure where to begin with this week's action in the Alliance. Sean, where do you want to start? That's actually probably a pretty good place to stop. Okay. Start because the hot shots 
burst out of the gate 2-0 mm-hmm. um, in their inaugural season. And now all of a sudden, they're on a losing skid. <laughs> yeah. Two-game losing streak uh, for Rick Neuheisel and the hot shots down there in the desert. And this, boy, this was a rough one. This was a really rough one, plain and simple. Uh, Aaron Murray comes in and and, and uh, leads the legends to their first victory of the year. Um, but hey, your boy, Young Hoku, led them to the win. That's fair. Well, we should probably start with that. Yeah, game-winning field goal from he's, Young Hoku. Did you know he's eight of eight this year kicking? He's been really good. He was picked. He was on the Chargers for a while in the NFL. I'm guessing he's getting a look in an NFL training camp this summer. Oh, 100%. Um, also, Atlanta, when your best player on the roster is a kicker, <laughs> Do better. But it worked out this time. They hold the hot shots to only 11 points. Your boy, John Wolford, the Wolford Wagon, he of Wake Forest fame, yep. uh, just 17 of 31 for 180, 185 yards and a touchdown. A uh, long pass of 26 yards. Quarterback mm-hmm. rating of 83.4. Plain and simple, he struggled. I'm not sure he should have been playing. They said it was a post game when they were here in Salt Lake when he got injured in that game. Newheisel after the game said he, he early reports were strained back. The way he played in this game, yeah, I'm very yeah, much he think he had a, he had an injury and probably should have sat out another week, let Trevor Knight do what he could do. But if they believed that Wolford gave him the best chance to win and he is their best option, they're going to put him on the field. But yeah, you're right. When Aaron Murray outduels you. Not a great week. 254 yards passing for the Murinator, uh, 54 yards rushing. Um, and Atlanta really did this in a lot of ways with defense. They did. Um, I mean, just, you know, they, they had uh, Scooby Wright, um, our favorite name in the Alliance of American Football, I think it's fair to say. Scooby mm-hmm. Wright, seven tackles and a, and a really nice quarterback hurry that I thought he probably should have had a sack on in this game I mean they were just pressuring the quarterback night after night bringing bringing some blitzes bringing some bringing some pressure um I I think I counted five quarterback hurries four officially it probably should have been five um but yeah a couple of couple tackles for loss uh which probably should have been more again um but uh yeah I mean oh sorry I'm looking at the Arizona stats there were there were more sacks. Okay, so there were three sacks from Atlanta, that sort of thing. I mean, I just I, I feel like Atlanta defensively really came to play here against Arizona, and it's good to see a team. You mentioned it last week. The Alliance of American Football doesn't want to see a team go winless in its inaugural season. That just counts out markets and fans and trying yes. to grow the game. So it's good to see the Legends finally get off the mat. Um, Arizona's got a little bit of work ahead of it to try to snap this uh, two-game losing skid before next week. Yeah, there, there's definitely work to be done on Arizona's side. But, yeah, you're right. It was good to see Atlanta get off the mat, pick up a win here. But we'll see what happens with um, with the Legends going forward. I'm, I'm not sure that it's necessarily sustainable to have Aaron we'll Murray go for 300-plus total yards every week. But, hey, you never know. Um, Speaking of teams getting yeah. off the mat, how about Memphis? Well, yeah, I want to go to Memphis next. <laughs> Memphis 26, San Diego Fleet 23. Zach uh, Mettenberger. The Zach era is upon us. It's true. Yeah. The Zach era is here. 18 for 25, 174 yards, one touchdown. Um, also ran the ball a couple times. Yep. Um, and, and more than just run the ball, uh, Zach Manberger is kind of shifty. 
for his, a, for a six foot five, two hundred and thirty pound quote unquote statue in the pocket. Yes, he's got some moves. He can he can move around in that pocket nicely. Really stepped out of some good pressure again. Whether that was San Diego's defense or Memphis's offense slash Manberger's. Uh, uh, shiftiness, I guess, is, is a little yet to be determined. But either way, the Express get off the mat, um, get get a really, really what was a, a very big win. Yeah, over the fleet, uh, the Eastern Conference came to play this week, and they're there. We mentioned last week that there is a lot of parity in the West, um, and teams starting to emerge in the East. I think that last part is still mostly true in the case of Orlando, but the I think the East listened to our podcast and said, "Oh yeah." Uh, we'll we'll show you guys a little uh, little little parody here, and that and that's why I I felt like I had this league figured out through three weeks. Yeah, I don't, plain and simple. And it, it's actually a good thing. I'm glad that we're still seeing some twists and turns. This league isn't going according to script as we thought it might, Sean. And that's, yeah, it was good to see Memphis win that game. Um, San Diego, they've still got quarterback issues, Sean. Philip Nelson uh, gets replaced in this game, and they, I don't know, Salt Lake heads there this week, and. If they can't figure out their quarterback situation, San Diego could be in for some big issues going forward. Yeah, and uh, speaking of issues, how about what I thought was, well, I almost said this might be the biggest upset of the weekend. I don't know if you can say that because there were so many upsets in three out of the four I would games. take Atlanta as but the upset of the weekend. San Antonio 12, Birmingham 11, Yeah, that's significant. Yes. That's sizable. Yeah, no, it's it is. In- I mean, let's let's talk about Logan Woodside for a second. Eleven for twenty five, one hundred six. No, I'm just kidding. Let's not talk about Logan Woodside yeah, because didn't, didn't San Antonio the- did not win this game on the arm of Logan Woodside. They won this game with defense and Kenneth uh, Farrow. At yeah, Kenneth, Kenneth Farrow had a nice game, but picking off the iron two times. That didn't um, play in particular, well. right at the end of the first half, when Luis Perez made some questionable decisions, mm-hmm. shall we say? Yes, absolutely. Um, Gets one interception, called back as a, as an incomplete pass. Probably sh- should have learned his lesson. Nope. But instead, uh, right, right after back to the it, well. yep, goes right back to the well. Tries to gunsling it, gets picked off again. Um, San Antonio goes down and gets points on that drive to uh, to end the half, and um, and really just runs away from the second half. Uh, handing Birmingham their uh, their first loss of the season and proving that the Commanders are no joke. Yeah, no, the Commanders definitely showed something here. And, and I'm not going to lie, Sean, I was watching this game when Birmingham scored late. Of course, they got another touchdown on the ground uh, via um, Trent Richardson. I was like, okay, if they can get the ball back, they may have a chance here. But it ultimately played out, yeah, the, the San Antonio holds on here. Huge win on the road. And... San Antonio's got to figure things out with the quarterbacks. Because Logan Woodside, like you said, it was absolutely dreadful throwing the ball. 11 of 25 will just not get it done. But, yeah, it was good to see San Antonio kind of answer the bell. And I think that this this weekend proved, Sean, yes, that there is more parity than I anticipated in both leagues, particularly in the East. We'll see if it holds for another week. We'll see what happens because this coming week, they kind of alternate weeks. So this coming week will be intra-division games where Salt Lake faces San Diego while San Antonio takes on Arizona and in the Eastern Conference all four teams will be in action against one another we'll see what happens this week but I am very intrigued to see if that what we saw in week four carries forward hopefully that made sense what I just said yeah no 100% and we'll get more into the individual matchups uh 
later this week, like we always do. This is now a bi-weekly podcast. Was I right? Or semi-weekly podcast. Is it semi-weekly? Is that what you should be uh, using? Technically, we can say semi-weekly. Okay. It, it, it makes, but... Um, so bi-weekly is every two weeks then? Hold on. I'm going to do a quick Google search for this. Okay. For a bi-weekly <laughs> definition. Uh, this is riveting radio, but... Uh, this is a podcast. Yeah, so bi-weekly as an adjective is... Uh, Done, produced, or occurring every two weeks. Okay, so semi-weekly podcast. My so, apologies. Uh, yeah, so I think semi-weekly is probably what we're looking for. Patrick Kinahan. Occurring at least twice a week. Patrick Kinahan would look at me and say, you are a disgrace to the to the uniform, as they say. <laughs> like like I said before, this is not a grammar podcast. I don't want to, I don't want to call out anybody's grammar. But um, you did. Uh, and also, this is radio, so what is grammar? You know, the... the this is podcast, Sean. It's not radio. This is radio. Okay, fair enough. It's this radio. is radio. We'll go with that. All right, Sean, anything before we go that you wanted to get out there? Uh, no, I just wanted to mention, and, and like I said, we'll get into the individual uh, matchups later in the week, but I'm really looking forward to Orlando Birmingham. I think that has the potential to be great. Um, Memphis and Atlanta both get off the snide this week with big wins. One yes. of them is going to walk away with another one this week. Yeah. Well, probably. Theoretically. I guess we, we can't have ties in this league, but yeah. probably. Um, and then uh, San Antonio, Arizona, the uh, would have been the, as of week two, probably the game of the week for week five. I'm not so sure it is anymore. Like I said, I'm really looking forward to Orlando, Birmingham, and of course, your Salt Lake Stallions heading to San Diego, where I'm going to make a guarantee, bold guarantee. What's that? I think the Stallions are going to have better weather this week. Oh, Wow. My, that's super bold. That is my bold guarantee. Wow. That is my bold guarantee. This is why you come to this podcast for Sean's bold hot, hot takes. Hot takes, hot takes. All right, we will call it a podcast on that note. For Sean, I'm Jake. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll be back later this week with a week five preview. We are halfway through the season. Halfway Holy there. smokes. All right, we'll be covering that later this week. Have a great day. As always, wild underscore stallions on Twitter. Mm, excellent to each other and party on dudes! Ah!